grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. I'm a strong, independent woman, so don't tell me what to do, (laughs) unless you're naked. From behaviours to billboards, suggestions of sex and sexuality filter into our lives everywhere we turn. Yet having the vocabulary for sex doesn't always translate so seamlessly into comfortable conversations. This is especially true when it's about what we want from and even during sex. But communication is part of having good sex, and the willingness to talk about the kind of sex that we have or want is a key skill. When we avoid these vital conversations, we might avoid some awkwardness, but we're also settling for suboptimal sex. Tonight, Jasmine from Conscious Sexuality explores the emotional, psychological and mental benefits of speaking your sexual truth. We also speak with sex worker Morgan about life behind the veil and what her clients most crave. The answers may surprise you. Timberlina will be along to dispense her most fabulous drag therapy advice and the girls from Naughty and Nice Tarot answer your sexy questions from the beyond. All of that coming up on tonight's show. I'm Louise Wilkinson and this is Lipstick After Dark. Want to unlock your pleasure? Jasmine invites you to push past your limiting beliefs around sex and love. It's Conscious Sexuality. They say that sex is the dance between two bodies, but it's also a meeting of minds. So it's important that we know how to communicate with our partner during the sexual act. And here to enlighten us and give us some tips moving forward is Jasmine from Conscious Sexuality. Welcome back to Lipstick After Dark, Jasmine. Hi, Louise. Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. So communication during sex... How do we do it? When should we do it? And, you know, what what are the advantages to being able to communicate openly with your partner during sex? Yeah, great question. Communication during sex is, I think it's really high on the priority list. But unfortunately, for women, again, it's a little bit of a stigma where they haven't quite received the encouragement to speak up during sex, to, you know, speak a little bit louder, request what they want, to direct, to, you know, experience more pleasure. Right. And so so communication during sex is, and even, you know, before you have sex, it's just about sharing what you want. And that can be scary because we're, we're always, we're not always, but we're often fearful of being rejected. Mm hmm and so if we try if we if we try and broach the subject you know during an intimate experience and we get turned down that actually it kind of turns us off yes understand what you're saying there yeah so it can be a little bit scary putting yourself out there yeah that's right exactly and so i think that's why learning how to communicate during sex is kind of a bit of an art because There has to be a huge level of trust there that exists uh, between you and your partner or casual partner, and you also need to have confidence 
whether you're male or female, this is not just strictly for women. Um, and so if, if you don't have the confidence to ask and request what you want, then maybe you're going to have a bit of a poor sexual experience. Sure. And so one of the um, questions that I love to ask is, what is your love language? Yes. And so for people that might not have heard of this term love language, there's sort of five common love languages yes. that um, sort of have been spoken about. And there's, there's the physical touch, mm-hmm. there's words of affirmation, uh, there's service, so like doing things for others. Sure. There is quality time. And then there's gift giving. Yes. Yeah. And and so for me, I ask this question because sex isn't just in the bedroom. That's exactly it, it. yeah. It starts outside of the bedroom. Yes. And so if your love language isn't being met then it's going to be harder for you to speak up in the bedroom to ask for what you want. Yes, completely. I mean, I know I've done that test. I'm a, I'm a really big believer mm-hmm. in the love languages and mine is actually uh, 40% physical touch. So, wow. yeah, uh, pretty obvious what I need. Uh, but if I'm with someone whose who's love language is words of affirmation or acts of service, then they would be wanting something a little bit different to me, I'm guessing. That's right, exactly. And so this is where we have to uh, build up a bit of courage to start the conversation, mm. to say, you know, these words are lovely, but what I need right now is physical touch. Yeah. Because then once we, we receive either of those um, love languages, we can reciprocate that back to the to our partner. So yeah. if you're receiving physical touch, then your partner is going to be able to get words of affirmation from you and then you're going to be able to have this really beautiful harmony of experience mm. um, because it's not just like this one-sided sort of thing. So it's hard because speaking specifically from a woman's perspective and especially from my own personal experience, I was never, like, education hasn't been around communicating during sex. It's just usually been around what is the actual act. Of what sex. is the act, yeah. You know, so we often have to teach ourselves how to communicate during sex. Um, and one of the best ways that we can do that and guide them is knowing what we want to begin with. Right. And so that, that starts with our own self-pleasure practices. Yes, because yeah. our partners can't read our mind. They don't know what we want exactly, unless you've got a really long-term partner and they know you inside out, beautiful. Mm. Um, but that's why self-pleasure practice is really important because then we know from an experience perspective, from a sex perspective, what it is that we like, how, what directions do we like to be pleasured in, how much pressure do we like, is there a no-go zone or is there a, a part of your body that you really love to be touched? And things like that. So the better we know our own bodies, yes, the, the better we're equipped in the bedroom. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, um, so that then we can communicate that uh, to the person that we're 
making love with that you, yeah, this is what I need because you you are sure of that. And I'm sure that uh, some people listening would be thinking to themselves, I've never really explored that. So if I had to communicate that, I wouldn't know. So a little bit of self-reflection and and self-discovery is fairly crucial to uh, living your best sexual life, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's it. That's that's 100% it. And then the other question we can ask ourselves is when we are in a partnered sexual experience, why why are we in that experience? You know, are you there to give your partner the best experience or are you there to receive? And obviously we, we always want to receive. Mm. But if we're thinking, how can I give the best to my partner? And we're hoping that they're reciprocating that same thought, then asking for an adjustment in how they're pleasuring you is not going to be a problem because they're there for you. Yeah, they're there to pleasure you and that's yeah. that's their their focus and you vice versa. So they would probably welcome the feedback to be honest. That's right, mm. exactly. And and you know, and that's it has to do with confidence on both sides, like I touched on a little bit just before. If you've got the confidence to say I need a slight adjustment, but then you've also got the confidence to receive a critique. You're not going to take it personally. Mm. You're going to go, well, I'm here to make this experience the best for my partner that it can be. So why would I take this personally? Like, Yeah, um, absolutely. For them. So that's, that's kind of the, I guess, the idea when it comes to communication during sex. It's not, not because someone is less than in the experience. It's just, how can we continue to improve and better our sexual experience together? Absolutely, because everyone wants mind-blowing sex. And, yeah, where as you say, men are not mind readers. Women are not mind readers. So right. we do need, you know, a little bit of uh, feedback and, uh, and encouragement as well. So when things are going well, uh, we need to let our partner know that. Uh, so... That it can continue to level up, it makes complete sense. And like you said, uh, you know, there's a certain amount of trust that needs to be there. So it's actually a compliment if your partner is saying, you know, can you do it this way, or can you, um, can we try this? Because they are, they have enough trust in you to be able to voice that. Yeah, that's right, exactly. And then, you know, speaking from the experience of having experienced painful sex. Yes. Communication has been huge for me in my relationship because I needed to know that my partner could listen to me and respect where I was comfortable with and where I wasn't comfortable with, especially while I was overcoming that experience. Yes. And so that's where that big level of trust comes in, knowing that you can rely on your partner to hear you and then respect you. I love that. Oh, yeah, that's... uh a really powerful message. So communicate your needs and take on the needs of your partner to really level up your sexual experience. It's a win-win for everybody. So make sure that you are bringing that to the table and really thinking about what gives you the most pleasure communicating that and listening to your partner as to what turns them on to really have mind-blowing sex which let's be honest we're all after (laughs) yeah that's it exactly and don't get caught up on it needing to be perfect yes real sex is awkward and clunky and often there's a lot of laughter and just 
Enjoy it. Absolutely. It's the most fun you can have lying down. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Or standing up or against a wall, wherever you are. So, (laughs) Jasmine, thank you so much again for joining us on Lipstick After Dark. I really love our chats and I look forward to catching up with you shortly. Thanks for having me again. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark, right here on Newcastle Live Radio. Now, for those of you who know me, you'll know that on Lipstick Lunch every Friday, I have the wonderful Anna Renata from Frightfully Good coming along to do tarot readings. And they suggested that they could do a naughtier version of their tarot readings. So, look, I'm up for anything. Welcome to Lipstick After Dark for the first time, ladies. Now, do we have to talk like you? Yes. Come <gasps> our sexy voices. <laughs> do our readings just you, like that yes you do we're all sitting here in our lingerie <laughs> <laughs> all right yes oh that's renata's attempt at sexy there we go done <laughs> So if you thought that Timberlina was uh, <laughs> raw and uncut, wait till you hear these birds. Here we go. Okay. Now, Kate, my boyfriend seems to have gone very quiet over the last week or two. I've tried calling him, but he doesn't answer. What should I do? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. I wonder whether he's done this before. We've gone all silent. Must be a serial quiet boyfriend. <laughs> all right. As now, in Cocoa Pops, no? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> this can sometimes happen and it's called ghosting. It is called ghosting. Yes, where someone kind of just disappears and never really tells you why or what happened. They just go. Yeah. And it's the worst place that you can ever be. It's happened to me. Has it really? A long, long time ago. Really? Yeah, a long, long time ago. Where um, You had a boyfriend at some stage, (laughs) right? I know. It's really hard to believe. I thought you'd scare them all away. Never mind. (sighs) Maybe you went all ghost and they ghosted. No. Maybe you went with your woo-woo. It gives you the... Biggest shits ever because it leaves you wondering what happened. What did I do wrong? What did I do? And then you start wondering, did they find somebody else? Have they been having an affair on the side? Have they decided that I'm no good anymore and they'll go off to the next person? As I like to say, hashtag wandering willy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's just, it's, it's a really awful place to be and I feel really sorry for you that you're going through this. Now, let me choose a car and let me see what's going on. Oh, that's very interesting because the card that has come up is the star card. And you know what? I think he's found himself someone different, someone new. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, mm. cut that one off. I know. Grab him by the short and curlies, get a sharp knife out, cut it away. Oh, dear. <laughs> we do not in any way condone violence here <laughs> on Lipstick <laughs> After Dark. No, well, look, the star card is a card that is all bright and shiny and he may well have just fallen into a bit of a funk when it came to you and gone, oh, this is just getting so boring, I can't bloody well bother with it anymore and something bright and shiny has caught his eye and he's gone off to kind of discover whether that is a good thing or not. I'll tell you what, he better not call back up again all of a sudden when he realises that shiny bright thing is actually a, a dull button. Yes. Mm. Best thing I never had, as Beyonce said. 
Look, <laughs> some, sometimes bright and shiny can be Have the SPDs. master the, the master manipulator, though. Mm-hmm. And they, they like to take people just for the sake of taking them. They really don't want anything to do with them. They just want to take them off somebody else because mm-hmm. they can. Yeah. So my darling, if he has done this before, well, you know, it might be for the same reasons as has happened before, but this whole ghosting thing is just plain weird and um, I would confront him as quickly as I possibly could. Right. Well, I'm going to love the naughty card that goes with this because um, if he's disappeared, the naughty card is saying, enjoy every fecking minute of it. Enjoy the fact that he's buggered off. Go have some fun yourself. Ignore the little shit because that's all he is. And he is not worth your precious time, my love. So enjoy your newfound freedom. Love, naughty spirit. So that was all on that card, was yep. it, Anne? I know. All those, those four words came into that. That fitted all on that tiny oh, card. Oh, Amazing. Awesome. Okay, next one. Mike. My ex-wife has been giving me a hard time since she found out I've been seeing another woman. Hmm. How can I make her stop interfering in my life? Good oh. luck, Mike. Oh, oh Mike. I wonder if Mike's last name is Hunt. <laughs> Oh, no, I broke them. The wheeze has started. That's the wheeze with Louise. <laughs> Guys, if you, didn't get that, if, you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't get that one, just go back and say both those names together. I'm not going to because it will get bleeped. Anyway, there you go. Oh. Hashtag dump button. <laughs> I was going to cover that just Explain. So. Okay, good ass. I'm glad that you can cover that. Ladies, this is a short segment. Come on now. Sorry. Try and what was the question? As soon as I heard Mike, I just got sidetracked. (laughs) He's got a psycho ex. All right, right, all right, okay. Oh, Mike, I'm so sorry for you. Here you are trying to start your life all over again, and there's this bloody woman interfering. She doesn't want you, but she doesn't want anyone else to have you. That's the problem. Oh, this is a ten of wands. That's quite interesting. Look. She was probably hard work while you were in the relationship. I think you've forgotten how much hard work she actually was, and I think you're still pandering to her needs. You don't necessarily have to pick up that bloody phone. You don't have to necessarily explain yourself to her whatsoever. As long as you do, that hook is in there, and she'll keep doing it because that's what she's always done to you, my darling. So grow some balls and tell her to piss off. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yep. Love naughty spirit. Okay. Okay. Well, my card is saying, are you fucking kidding me? Of course, the answer is yes. I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> was, was it that uh, it's all going to work well or not no. work well? <laughs> no. Will, will, how can I make a stop interfering in my life? And you've said yes. Well, while she's hanging around and lurking and you're still listening to her, she's going to be a problem in your life, isn't she? So, yes, she will be a problem. So just cut it out. Stop listening to it. Okay. Her. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. My mother 
is beautiful and I love her dearly, but every time I say I'm dating a new man, she demands that I bring him home so that she can tell me how much I deserve someone better. Will I ever meet anyone my mother approves of? Oh, dear. Oh, my God. Why do you need your mother to approve? <laughs> she doesn't have to sleep with him. She doesn't have Allegedly. to sleep Allegedly. <laughs> maybe she, maybe she has to approve that as well. <laughs> Flop it out. Let's have a look. <laughs> No, that's not worthy of my daughter. Poke your tongue out. Let's see. <laughs> this is the naughty show, isn't it? Oh, parents will not go on. I'm sorry, boss. <laughs> oh, no. Renata, you were going to pull a card. Yes. Now, Valerie, I know you love your mum, but honestly, girl... I, th- I think you need to move out. If you haven't moved out by now, Valerie, you need to move out. And if you have moved out, what in the hell are you thinking? Why do you bring these men home in the first place? Why do you agree to do this for your mum? I think she is so afraid of losing her little baby that she would do anything to keep you still in nappies. But here comes the card. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And we have the Two of Cups. And the Two of Cups is about love and collaboration between two people. And you know what? Your mum will never find anyone that is good enough for her little girl. You're going to have to stand up to her and say, you're not going to do this anymore, Mum. I love you so much, but I'm marrying this man. I'm going out with this man and not you. And you are going to have to get to a point where you're going to have to accept this person no matter what. Oh, the naughty card. All right, I'll do my best. Love fecking hard. <laughs> now, I'm going to take it this way. <laughs> oh, no. You need to bring home such an assortment of men every night. Bring home someone different. Your mother's going to wonder, what the hell is going on with her daughter? And I want you to bring home some really dubious looking characters as well so that um, her expectations might be um, slightly happier when you bring home a half-decent person. And next week we'll be speaking <laughs> with family planning on safe sex practices. A psychologist. <laughs> I didn't say she has to sleep with every single one of them. Just mum wants to meet people. Just keep bringing home different men and pretending you're dating them. And um... Oh, no. Oh, Valerie, my darling. And these things happen. They absolutely do. And, um, you know, you're never going to get married. And do you know what happens to those old ladies that wait too long? Cobwebs. <laughs> stay on the shelf. No, you're going to have to put your foot down, my darling, and go, you know what? Ah, uh, I'll never please my mother, so I have to please myself. <laughs> and right. I know we can get batteries cheap for that, so. <laughs> no, they're USB chargeable now. Oh, yes. oh are they? Co- yes. Yeah, duck into your local flirt store and they are. They're USB chargeable. Oh, nice. Yes. Can you see how long I've been out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were wooden in your time, weren't they? <laughs> Wind up. But it's great, great fun um, putting the splinters out later. Oh, look, we are calling time on this. What a stupid idea. <laughs> Okay, um, I don't know what to say to you all. Uh, it, this was a, it was a delight. It let, was us an know, let us know if you want to hear this segment again, guys. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this has been possibly for the last time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lipstick after dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's after dark, right here on Newcastle Live Radio. I know we all must have preconceived ideas about the sex industry and it's safe to say we probably have some judgments around the women in the industry and the men who visit them. Our next guest is about to shatter that illusion and challenge our beliefs around the sex industry. Morgan, welcome. Thank you for having me, Lou. Okay, so this is a hot topic and and one that I guess people don't talk about too much, but your story about how you sort of came into the game, as it were, was fairly benign. I guess people think, you know, you go into it because you have a drug habit or because circumstances have led you down that road. Yours was a little bit different to that. Yeah, I'm a pragmatist. So to me, it was just a really, what would I say, an easy option to make money. It's not something I have a problem with doing. I can separate. It's a service industry. To me, it's just a job like, I don't know, some people can be plumbers, some people can be teachers. I could do that. Mm, Yeah, and I guess putting it in that context, not everyone would be comfortable being a plumber. Not everyone would be comfortable teaching kids all day long and not everyone would be comfortable being a sex worker, but we all have our zones of genius, as I like to call them. (laughs) (laughs) So going into the industry, we have had conversations before, obviously, and women as a species, I guess, can be quite competitive. Uh, She raised her eyebrows there. (laughs) And I guess this is sort of it in in its rawest form, isn't it? So talk us through what happens when a client comes in to your establishment. Okay, well it's a meet and greet. You're selling yourself on every level. Mm -hmm. So you go into the meeting room, which is like a lounge, maybe. Yes, And you go in and introduce yourself. Mm. And some people can sell their wares, some people can offer a menu of what they do sometimes it's just basically I don't know have you gone dress shopping you've walked in and went that dress is coming home with me Mm. it's all of those things yep some of those things none of those things it's a very odd thing to think about or talk about it's if you're doing it it's just normal yes but for other people it's like oh my god you're objectifying yourself well, yes, we are. Mm. That's what we're there to do. We're there to sell ourselves. Mm. Just like any job interview, just like any first impression, dare I say, audition. Yeah. So that's pretty much what it is in a nutshell. Right. It's, it can be a bit confronting, but that's why you have your different persona. Yeah. And of course, um, one client might might be drawn to one personality and one might be drawn to another. So it is really wide and varied in terms of, you know, who is picked to, to be with that client. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is to not take it personally. And as women, we know what we want. I'm not going to go and buy a dress that I don't like. doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that dress. It's Mm. just not my taste. And once you get your head around that that's what it is, it takes the the ego out of it. That's what I found. Mm. Yeah, and that is, I guess, a big skill from that because we do as women, we we compare ourselves to each other and, and often we try and compare apples to oranges and that just doesn't work in reality. So I guess that would have been a very sort of steep learning curve when you started in that job, working out that you did have to put your ego aside to do your job. Oh, absolutely. And insecurity doesn't help you and being upset because you don't get picked is just it's ridiculous it actually makes it harder for you to make your living Mm, okay 
So the types of clients, I guess when we think about this industry and we think about, you know, that there are a a certain type of man that, that comes to an establishment like this, I guess you found that there is no one type of man who comes to establishments like this, haven't you? Absolutely no one type of man, you're correct. The permutations and the stories, are, they're just limitless. You can't pigeonhole and you can't stereotype. Mm, okay. So obviously one thing that you have um, said to me in the past that you enjoyed was uh, rain days for tradies. So oh, we start there. Dear God. <laughs> I went to Magic Mike on the weekend. I assume it would be quite similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So so there's that type. Now now go into the other types of men that you would see. And they're everyday men that you wouldn't look at them and sort of think that they would go to an establishment like that. But the stories are really wide and varied. Oh, they? they are. And some of them have actually cracked my heart open. There have been cases of men coming in sent in by their wives who were undergoing medical treatments that actually made them toxic. Mm. So they would dress their husbands up, put them in their suits, make them all showered and send them there because they knew that that's what they needed. That's unbelievable. How touching is that? Like That was heartbreaking. Beautiful. Whoever that woman was, I just... I love her. Yeah, take your hat off to her. That's that's an incredible act of love, I guess, isn't it? What I found really interesting is you, your everyday man that, that comes in to visit you. Yes, it's an act. It's a sex act, and, and that, that is certainly part of it. But you found uh, that a lot of your clients were after something else, weren't you? Okay, you take the sex act off the table. That takes a f- limited amount of time, and time is what they're paying Mm. for my time yes so what astonished me Mm. was the these men that seem to be living in arid worlds they're just so bereft of human touch that they're married men they've been married for a long time i'm you know probably loving husbands probably got great relationships but i'd put my hand on their shoulders And it would be like the driest sponge on the planet Mm. soaking up moisture, like they hadn't been touched forever. Right. And that was the thing that was really shocking. It was not even really the sex. It was just being touched by another human being. Mm. So they were basically devoid of human connection and that's what they were seeking? Yes, yeah, that's so powerful, isn't it? And I guess that there's there's a little bit more to your job and and listening to those stories. And I and I guess they're in a vulnerable situation, so that they would be sharing with you what their life is like outside of those walls. Yeah, they have, and I've heard some incredible stories, some heartbreaking stories, some amazing stories through it all, mm-hmm. and they keep coming back. Yeah. And I know that in your line of work, you have actually ventured into something that I guess people don't really think about, and that is working with people with a disability and that there is actually a real need for this service in that space. Uh, There definitely is. You've got people that 
I guess, are marginalised and they're not looked at like they are sexual beings, but everyone is. Yes. I mean, you've even got dementia patients, you've got all sorts of people that this is a real need. So there are specific training courses in the industry where sex workers can go and learn how to lift people properly if they fall, um, think about things like stomas, all of these mm. things that are really gross. They really are. Mm. And you don't want to think, oh, I don't want to touch that person. Like Most people would not go near a person like that. Mm. And thinking about having sex with them is really, it's repulsive. So this is a service that's really important and it's really necessary and it's not talked about enough. Mm. And I know that there's been some times when it's been the carers are parents and the carers organise this for their disabled children and they have just been so thankful to you. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, that must make you feel pretty damn good that you've that you've been able to help in that way. Oh, on every level it makes you feel good. It made me feel off service and as a parent the thought that you know you're helping someone else's child I know it sounds really weird Mm. but you know this is a an adult child that's not going to experience this in the normal realms of their life so you can give them something that they might not necessarily have Mm. and that's it's really special and also, in terms of your work, there is a very, very stringent testing process that you need to go through as a sex worker, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. You've got to get your health checks. You've got to get your STI checks. You you, you practice safe sex. And you, if you don't, and I'm sure some people in the industry don't, like there are levels of um, professionalism and standards in every industry, and some people are not as stringent as others Mm. but it's a very stupid thing to do yeah and I guess one of the things that um that I've sort of heard you say in the past is that people who sort of go out and date and might pick someone up on a Friday or Saturday night probably aren't as risk-free as what you would find in uh an establishment absolutely yeah it just blows my mind I've I've heard people go oh but he looks clean I'm like did you practice safe sex oh no he looked clean I'm going so the chlamydia mm. statistics that are going through the roof at the moment, you, you're not worried about that. Yeah. And they're just, oh, but you know, and I'm like, oh, no, yeah. just no. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's pleasing to see that you have those strict things in place and that, you you know, you have to hand in testing and, and that sort of thing on a very regular basis and your, your practices are that way. Morgan... This has been an absolutely fascinating chat and I really thank you for opening up on this subject because it is something that people don't talk about and I think it's demystified and humanised this industry a little bit, this talk, and it was just so fascinating to hear about the stories that have come your way over these past few years and I really, really thank you for being so transparent. Oh, you're welcome and thank you for having me. It's actually been a pleasure to do business with you. some love and sex advice? Searching for the answer to your complex, confusing or downright awkward questions. The queen of the Newcastle drag scene is in the building. It's time for In Bed with Timberlina on After Dark. It's that time of the night again. Timberlina, welcome back. Hello, thanks for having me. I love our weekly catch-ups. Me too, they're fun. They are fun. And you tell me that, I mean, how's how's it all going on that front? Because you tell me that this is the most sex you get all week. I hope that's changed. (laughs) 
It hasn't changed. And did you know, I saw an article the other day, Acon Health, they put out an article. It's just like, during these uncertain times, please do not do random hookups. And I was like, okay, there goes my sex life even more. <laughs> <laughs> so still, this is the most sex I get. <laughs> Great. Well, happy to provide, my love. Um, Thank you. Yeah, okay. Well, here's a very relevant question for you. I love to masturbate. <laughs> It's my primary form of of sexual gratification. Have you been writing your own questions? Um, Maybe. (laughs) My partner and I have sex maybe twice a year. I watch porn while I masturbate and I find it relaxing and an escape from a very challenging job and constant home responsibilities. Uh, I can mostly stay in the moment during the build-up, which I often like to draw out for a while, but when my orgasm comes right at that moment, so often my mind goes to stresses somewhere else. Hmm. Well, um, it's like I can't really allow myself to let loose. And on top of that, some guilt comes out right at that moment that I should be having sex with my partner. How do I better stay in the moment during orgasm? Oh, how do you better stay during that moment? Maybe you need to meditate before you actually masturbate. So you're like, releasing, getting rid of all that other stuff that you're thinking about in your head and then you're just in that moment of self-pleasure. Yeah. Meditate and masturbate. That could be like a little mantra. Yeah. (laughs) 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 You know how when people are like, oh, I need to meditate before I go to sleep so I shut down my mind? Maybe you need to meditate before you masturbate. Yeah. (laughs) To shut down all those thoughts that are, Going through your head. Yeah, possibly. And look, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, Maybe you could connect with your partner a little bit more and that would take your mind off your stresses as well. Uh, I feel like twice a year having sex with your partner and then masturbating the rest of the time might be, and there's no judgment here on lipstick after dark, but maybe a little bit unbalanced. Yeah. Um, I'm judging you. (laughs) (laughs) Um. If you've got it there, girl, take it. Some of us don't have it here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there needs to be like more than twice a year. I feel like obviously your partner's also probably feeling a little bit left out at this stage as well. I mean, it doesn't have to be intercourse. Maybe it can just be some foreplay and then you won't have that, that issue going through your head when you're about to climax. Mm. So... Right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Meditate and masturbate. We're going to work on that. I think we can make a song. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a hit. Anyway. (laughs) Maybe it can be one of our new segments. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Meditate and masturbate with Timberlina and Louise. Mm. I don't know how that's going to go down with the boss, but we'll see. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, this could be a long discussion. Okay. I have a few people in my life who don't fit easily into any relationship category. They are friends, but sometimes also lovers. And maybe we snuggle together, but never kiss. If we don't label them, how do we know if they are healthy? Um, Is it better to get comfortable with these ambiguous relationship statuses or better to attempt to label everything? What's a good category for friends who I love, but we aren't necessarily dating, but it feels like more than just friends and sometimes we are physically intimate with each other? Oh, girl. 
Okay, so you're friends with benefits. But like also you don't need to label every relationship, I don't think. Okay. I have thoughts. Okay. You want to hear them? Okay. Yeah. So all right. So if they're buddies, like yeah, that's friends with benefits, I I feel. Yeah. Okay. Um, then you get into a situationship. And a situationship is kind of where feelings are involved, but you're not in a relationship, you know, but everyone kind of assumes you're together and yeah. And then there's the relationship. But here's the thing that I think. I kind of find that the people who are in these things are quite comfortable just chugging along, doing their thing and, you know, and it's everybody else who gets uncomfortable with not having a label. Yeah. Everyone around them. Yeah, totally. Mm. It really is. Because then people start questioning you. It's like that pregnancy thing. It's like, when are you going to fall pregnant? Yes. Yeah, it's rude. You don't need to have that like labeling thing. It's just like when people like, when are you going to come out? And it's just like, they don't need to come out. No. They need a label. Yeah. It's the same thing, I think. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're one of these people who are observing people in a situation chip or are friends with benefits or stop being so damn nosy, I feel. Yeah. Let people fly their freak flags, leave them alone. Yeah, exactly. It's none of your business. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And so the person that wrote this in, keep doing you, I say. Yeah. If you're happy, don't let anybody else change that. Yeah, that's good. I think that was a strong stance that we both took there. Yeah, I agree. I'm happy. Mm. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Ooh, okay. Last one. My sex drive and enjoyment has gone way down since the pandemic. Is this normal and experienced by others? How do I go about getting it back up there? I used to have a really high sex drive and I'm mourning the loss of it quite a bit. Mm. I don't I don't have that issue. <laughs> <laughs> so for me personally, I don't know. Um, but I'm just going to say maybe you just need to start watching some porn if you're single or get back on the dating apps to try and find that special someone to be in. If you're in a relationship, maybe you need to explore some new situations. Maybe you've gone through everything during the pandemic and that's why your sex drive's gone down because you've experienced everything or you just had way too much sex during lockdown. <laughs> I also feel like there's a, there's a little bit of... <sighs> People have got a bit meh, a bit meh, because they're locked down for so long. And I think it's really actually funny. I can, on my lunchtime show, which doesn't include this sort of content, I spoke to a fashion expert this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and they were talking about there's a new fashion trend. There are two new fashion trends, and they are actually things. They've actually been put in the Oxford Dictionary. And one is sad wear, and one is bad wear. And it's lockdown fashion. So sad wear is the clothes that you wear that are nice and comfy that make you feel better, right? Mm. And bad wear is just where you just don't care, and you wear that sweater that's got the spaghetti down the front of it and all of that sort of thing. And I feel like that's actually a 
thing and it's spilling over into our sex drive. And what she said was that, you know, we should wear colour. And because when I did the interview, she said, if you're wearing like grey male jumpers, then you're going to feel like crap. And I was wearing a grey male jumper. So since then, <laughs> I've, tried to, I've tried to mix it up with some colour. And yeah. yeah, and I feel like sex is the same. I feel like we all got a, just a bit lazy. We just chilled out on the lounge. We ate Cheetos. And, you know, it's time to bring sexy back. Get dressed up. Do your hair. Get that lace on. Get the lace on. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, trim your bits. <laughs> have a wax, have a shave, whatever you need to do. Exactly. Get back rub, into that routine that you were in before. Rub the moisturiser in. Become yeah. a sensual being once more. This is like gym for your sex life. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Self-care for your sex life. Yes. God, we're good. We are. We could develop a I course. I've actually done a degree in this. <laughs> Okay, so I'd like to talk to you about your podcast. Now, although we spend every week together and I very much cherish our time, I do like listening to you in long form. Yeah. So tell us about your podcast. Well, I have just started one with Pasha Bolka, who's another local drag queen, and it's called Alive Not Dead Yet because of obviously alive and we literally (laughs) just talk about anything and everything our very first episode was about goals and chafing right probably experience that and it's just like a laugh like literally we just bounce off each other there's it's not really scripted we just kind of have like the topics that we want to discuss and it's really fun and it's available on all like podcasting platforms so that's fun and then i have another one called yas queen which is i just interview random people about their lives Right. So if you're at a loss of things to listen to in the car, you should really jump on that because if you think we're hilarious, you can listen to it all day long on these podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. I'll have to do one with you. So yes, please do. Yeah. We'll like cross platform. Yes. Oh, my. we need to do that. We do. Yeah. Well, for now, uh, got to get on with the rest of the show. So, right. yeah, I know. Sad. But... Um, thank you so much for joining me once again, my friend. And I look forward to us solving the problems of the world once again next week. I'll see you there. Thank you. That was Timberlina and you're listening to Lipstick After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark, right here on Newcastle Live Radio. It's time for me to tuck you in once again with a lipstick kiss, dear listener. Parting is always such sweet sorrow. Hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. Know that I have. And if you're a little bit blue after the loss on Wednesday night with the footy, don't despair because it's nearly Friday once again. May you have the steamiest red hot of weekends. I've been Louise Wilkinson and this has been Lipstick After Dark. Grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 8pm every Thursday night, only on Newcastle Live Radio. 